Um, he's deserting us this week, Heels. What's he doing? He's not coming to Bundab- Bundaberg with oh. you and I. Oh, fair him. No. Right, eh? Must have broadcast commitments. Yeah, well, Bundaberg was a pretty stressful time last year, I reckon. Stressful. And AB was yeah. particularly valuable up there, mm. uh, along with Buff and Jimmy with uh, the family of Rod Marsh. Yeah, it's very true. It was a very sad time. And the ACA, the Australian Cricketers Association, were good. Mm. AB, a very good morning to you. Uh, going well, boys. You're not yeah. coming to Bundy game? Uh, not this year, no. Ah. Um, um, bigger fish to fry. Oh, yeah. Oh. I won't tell them that. This is my hometown you're talking about. <laughs> you'll be missed, mate. You'll be missed. <laughs> hey, now, before we start analysing our own performance in India, that was a great yep. win by India, hey? Like, you know when we what, – what's, what's the greatest win you ever had? Gee, one of the best was against uh, Sri Lanka. Uh, same sort of situation, you know. We we've sort of got ourselves in a lot of strife, and it was when Warney first. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you started of, us. Uh, you took that great catch. <laughs> we got a catch, and then Warney took over and got a few wickets, and we won a won a game that we probably shouldn't have won. So that that sort of springs to mind. Yeah. So we I don't mean, care. We've, we've on the rich... We don't care that that was a substandard batting performance by Sri Lanka, did we? <laughs> right. So. <laughs> So this Indian, <laughs> this Indian side will be full of players that now rate that the greatest win they've ever had. And it, it yeah, was good. Right. It's a good team, eh? You, you've got to give credit where credit's due. They are a very good team. I mean, and they use the conditions well. They've got two crackerjack spinners that are just very, very hard work on surfaces that you know, offer right from the get-go. I mean, I, I can remember back to my times playing in India and the subcontinent generally. Well, the, the pitches were normally quite good to to bat on for a couple of days at yes. least and then they'd start to deteriorate. But now they basically don't worry about the, the, the two days of good batting. It's just hard work from the get-go. So, look, yeah. um, we're, we're just firing on these conditions, mate. We just don't see them, do we? And this, we're playing test cricket in the subcontinent. And it's, a, it's a hard learning ground. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the only defence I've got for them. They just don't see those conditions other than... Yeah, yeah, test match time, and they don't get a lot of preparation and all the rest of it. And yeah, you just um, you, you keep you can come unstuck very easily. Grant, we asked that we asked our listeners, given that we we knew you were coming on the show today uh, for questions. Grant's posed one here: given some question marks over field placements, etc., in the past two Indian tests, who's better placed as a captaincy option, generally speaking? Is it a batter, a bowler, or a wicketkeeper? And is Pat Cummins doing a good job in your view? Well, the wicketkeeper's not a bad spot to watch things from, but, you know, he's got a lot to concentrate on. Uh, to me, the fast bowler, it's always fraught with danger because I thought Pat grossly underbowled himself in that last test match. I mean, there are opportunities when things are starting to go astray, you know, particularly in the Indian first innings when we had them on the ropes and then they just formed a good partnership. You know, a couple of blasts from him, you know, running in and bowling some short stuff and getting... You know, very aggressive for two or three overs. Um, I, I think that's when maybe the, the the batsman, you know, will, will have seen it earlier. I don't know. Maybe there's other guys out in the field. I suppose I could go to the captain and say, "Mate, why don't you have a bowl?" But um, I just thought, yeah, this is Pat's first real test as a as a captain. Has uh, you know, the rest has been, you know, all go, just plain sailing. But um, you go to the subcontinent and all of a sudden you get tested out in all sorts of areas. So, um, 
yeah, field placing and different things. He, he's worried about lots of different things. He, he forgot about himself, you know, bowling, I think. And um, mm. that, that's what can happen in those situations when one of your fast bowlers, premier fast bowler, is the captain. Yeah, and then the mental stress that's involved in getting your field right. Um, he didn't seem to have that on that la- in the last innings. He still had five men on the boundary, they were saying, instead of extra yeah. catches around the bat. Now, that takes a lot of, lot of mind power to keep you... You know, keep it all together, thinking about that. And will I bowl? Won't I bowl? Or is it time for Cooney? Uh, you know, there's a lot yeah. going on there. There is a lot going on. I mean, even if you're the captain in those situations <laughs> and you're a batsman. Yes. Um, because it's just not that easy. People, you know, don't don't really appreciate how tough it is. It's a really different place to play the game, you know, in the subcontinent. So it's just... Um, yeah, you've got to have your wits about you, that's for sure, um, to get things right over there. And when it's not going right and going south, it goes south very quickly. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Curtis has, has sent a text in. Why the sweep shot? Why not get behind the ball and play the V early? Is it as, is it as simple as that, AB? Um, look, the sweep shot's a great shot to have at your disposal. But on that pitch... Um, where it was keeping very, very low. And every time it hits the pads, you know, you're, you're close to LBW all the time. I mean, the way they bowl, just wicket to wicket. Um, I just think it was the, the, the wrong shot choice. Um, yeah, it seems to me, Hills, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we're, we're not coaching the forward defence anymore. You know, yeah. everything's about the power game and uh, taking on the bowlers and... and um, You'd have to say, like, the, the baz ball that the, the Poms are playing, I mean, that's working very well for them. But I, it, it just depends on the conditions of the pitch and the bowlers you're, you're doing that sort of stuff against. I mean, some blokes, you just can't go out there and belt all over the place because the conditions are in their favour. So sometimes you've got to be able to drop anchor and, and play defensively. Yeah. Um, and you can be positive in defence. Uh, I always say that. You, you can be positive in defence. Use your feet even if you're just going to smother the ball uh, to keep it out. I mean, that's um, a good ploy. So to me, we didn't do enough of that. That sort of old-fashioned, just you know, using your feet, using the crease, and, and just playing a dead bat. I mean, the ball was not leaping and bouncing all over the place. It was t- staying fairly low. Uh, yes, spinning, but, yeah, not, not unplayable playing a straight bat forward defence. No, that's right. And you need to use your bat better than we had to. In in our day, we could lunge forward, couldn't we? Or even if we got hit oh, on yeah. the pad sweeping, it was only the English umpires that would give that out. Generally, the umpire said, well, I can't tell whether that's going to go two and a half metres onto the stumps and, and hit the stumps. So we generally yeah. get given not out. So there are extra pressures on these batsmen now, eh? Oh, well, the, the, the DRS has changed things. I, yes. I, I definitely would have to change the way I would play, particularly against uh, the spinners. Um, you know, the sweep shot was a good option because you got your foot way down the way down the track and hopefully outside the line they'll stump and you, and you tried to sweep the ball to get off strike. But um, uh, now with the DRS, you, you, you do have to play at the ball more regularly, particularly in these sort of conditions, because you can't just use your pad as a... Uh, you know, a form of defence because the DRS is there just to to catch you out. So it is different circumstances, uh, not making excuses. Um, We've all been part of those sort of uh, horrendous collapses. So it's not as if we don't know what they're, you know, what they're going through, what they're feeling. But um, it was just more the mode of dismissals, heels, and 
uh, you know, the, the fact that, you know, we, we were reverse sweeping in those conditions. Talk about the highest risk shot um, to try and, um, you know, get your runs. I, I just, uh, I thought they were just poor options and I, I think they've admitted it, but, um, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of work to do before we go into the next game, mm. that's for sure. And, and reverse sweeping to balls that were on the stumps, they ended up bowling us. So they've got yeah, a, I've, uh, the best explanation I've heard of is Haydos, who sort of said, you've got to do a bit of both when you're, when you're on a pitch that's not bouncing over the stumps. You've got to use your feet to come down to the straight ones and then yeah. the bowler will change things up and maybe give you some width that you could then sweep or lay back and cut. So we didn't, we didn't have that balance right, did we? No, we didn't get the balance right. And, and uh, they're not trusting their defence. Uh, that seems to me that um, you know, the, the option is if you get yourself into trouble, you try and hit your way out of it. You know, you've got to be positive. You're going to take the bowlers on and and all those catchphrases now. That um, I think sometimes in some conditions, you've got to take your licks and say, look, th- this is hard work. I, if I can grind out a 40 or you know some sort of score, you know, even if it takes me a couple of hours, you're going to put yourself your, your team into a better position. So. We don't do a lot of that sort of drop anchor type batting. Um, they, they just seem to tora tora tora, you know, attack attack attack, and most of the time, well, a lot of the time for us, especially here in Australia, it comes off. But in the subcontinent, in some situations, well, like we saw the other night, um, there's a different way you've got to skin the cat. And we only needed another, what maybe what, hundred seventy-five runs yep. to really yeah. make a, a match of it. Yeah. So. You know, 75 runs in the overall scheme of things, there's still two days to go. Um, you know, you can drop anchor for a period just to get yourself in. Once you get yourself past, you know, facing 20, 30 balls, the game gets a bit easier. And um, But that's what we weren't doing. We were just, you know, we're losing wickets in clumps and it's just hard to recover. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw that in the first dig with Kawaja and Hanscom. I mean, once they, you're right, once they got past that first 20 balls, they looked almost immovable, didn't they? Um but, that's right. I mean, that, that's the secret to batting, probably in any conditions. Is once you get through that first little bit, everyone's vulnerable uh, early on. But yeah. once you get yourself past that and you just find a way, I mean, look how bad Pajara looked early on. I thought he was going to get out any ball, yeah. yeah. But he survives, and by the end, you know, he, he looks uh, very, very comfortable at the crease. So, mm. look, it, it's just um, the art of batting. I, I don't know. It's just changed subtly. To the you know the the attack, um, you know we're in the power game era, 2020 cricket, reverse sweeps, ramps, and all the rest of it. Um, mm. Look, it's just a different way of approaching the batting, and uh, maybe we need some old-fashioned forward defence <laughs> drills going and yeah. see how you can uh, mm. cope that way. Hey, a uh, little question from Dimmy here. Abe. Uh, is it true that before Jadeja went through us, you were the last great left-arm spinner to take seven for 42? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't I'll believe it. I can't it. believe how he started today. In that last day, which was ended up day three, he he was bowling. Mm. We had him under control, and then all of a sudden, he finds his length, and off we go. You know that blast you were talking about before, but you know the you gave a bit of a blast on the Fox panel desk in the studio, Abe. Oh yeah. My, mine a blast. Just I was a bit annoyed, you know, with the way we played. You know, yeah, when, I started when to go quieter. I started to go quieter home 
I thought I was in the dressing room again. <laughs> my eyes, my eyes went down, avoiding eye contact. You, can you remember that when you go around the room, all our eyes? Had, oh, geez, don't look at me. Yeah. Here he comes. Here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I must admit, I, I did. You know, we're talking off off air. You're sort of saying, well, you don't. It's absolutely pointless going to the dressing room. And absolutely, you know, absolutely throwing a major tantrum. Um, after a performance like that, everyone knows how you know how bad they've played. Um, you don't need to address that. You just got to probably after you've uh, kicked cans around the dressing room for a little bit, you probably get got to get the circle of truth going, haven't you? Over yep. a few beers and and start talking it through about what the hell just happened, and we just got to make sure that, that does not happen again. What are we going to do about it? And and so a little bit of truth serum comes out, and away you go, and hopefully you can make amends, you know, the next time you go out. Why do you, why do you reckon our batting skill just didn't come out on that that morning of day three? Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure who it was about the, you know, how we're coaching. I mean, Usman's, you know, comments, you know, about, well, you can get out reverse sweeping or you can get out, you know, playing the forward defence, you know. You've got to choose your poison sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think you've got to, don't you think you've got a more chance to survive if you're, your yeah. poison is the forward defence, and you yeah. try and back yourself to. So they're not backing their defensive skills. Mm. Everything is about attack, attack, attack. And look, it's not bad for the game necessarily that you know the games do turn over quickly because players are prepared to play the shots. And you know, if it's not your day, you're getting out. Um, but yeah, I think in, there's some situations we've got to learn. And if we want to do well on the subcontinent, we've got to learn how to. Defend better, and and defend. I mean, you, you, you know, you're still trying to score, but you, you're not reverse sweeping and sweeping in those sort of conditions. I mean, that that was just the, mm. totally the wrong yeah. option, and yeah. um, and they've paid the price for it. I always love your wisdom, and we really appreciate your time with us this morning. Easy done, guys. Uh, anytime. Thanks, uh, Abe. Uh, one of the, the great legends of Australian cricket, Alan Border, trying to dissect what the hell happened in India. It's Harry Wilson's joining us now. Queensland Reds forwards. The Reds kick off their Super Rugby campaign. So it's all on very early for the Reds against the Hurricanes in Townsville Saturday night. Um, Hills, I know you're loaded up with tricky, tricky rugby no. questions for Harry, but I want to know from Harry first up, how many times has he been seen with you, Hills, in the crab pot at Burley? Morning, oh. Harry. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, good morning, guys. Uh, yes, I did have a good day there at Hills uh, just after the Chrissy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, only one though. So my brother's probably seen him there a few more times yeah, than me. He's had a couple of times, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, we like the crab pot, don't we? See, you, but mate, you, you've got to you've got to go in with someone like Hills, otherwise the locals will turf you out. Apparently, yeah. I mean, you can't just stroll in there. Apparently. <laughs> Yeah, no, when we got in there early at the TAB area spot, they, they weren't happy with us at all. <laughs> mate, you were just a touch big. <laughs> mate, uh, <laughs> mate, you must be chomping at the bit to get going on Saturday night in Townsville, eh? Yeah, no, I can't wait. It's, um, it's come around pretty quick, but I guess for us, there's no better way to start the year against, uh, I guess, Hurricanes, one of the stronger Kiwi opposition, and in Townsville, somewhere nice and hot, which will uh, play to our advantage, which will be nice. Mm. I don't want to bring up the, the stats, but the stats are damning. So the last 12 matches against the Canes, we've lost 11. We lost our last six uh, against the Kiwi sides last year. We struggled on the way home. 
Has any of that been mentioned, mate, or is it all ancient history? Uh, yeah, well, I guess it hasn't really been mentioned, but it's all, I guess, very wary on our minds. It's, um, I guess that's kind of been the thing which has, I guess, tarnished our reputation over the last two, three years where we've dominated against the Australian outfits but haven't done well against the Kiwis. So um, for us, it's, uh, it's probably the first year since 2019 where we're reversing them at the start of the year. So um, the past has been Australia teams into New Zealand teams. So for us, it's no better way to start the year. And, um, yeah, that's, the statistics aren't too, too great. So we're very, very excited. Hopefully, I'd turn that around. Yeah. What are the Hurricanes going to put on the table in your expectations? Uh, they're a very attacking team. They've got a few, I guess, well-cast players as Nardi Sevilla and Jordy Barrett. So I guess for us, we'll try and keep them as quiet as we possibly can and then, uh, I guess, just really attack them in the forwards because they, they do have quite a good back line. James O'Connor, mate, how's his frame? I mean, overlooked by the Wallabies, and we'll talk to you about Wallabies as well, but uh, is he ready and rearing? Uh, I think he's 50 50 for this week. He's been in and out of training with his ankle, which he uh, he's had a bit of problems since uh, when he came back to play club footy last year. But uh, he's in a really good mental frame. He's really excited for this season to, I guess, let's pr- prove a few people wrong and get back into the, I guess, the Wall- Wallaby squad. But um, I guess for us, we're just trying to get him on the field at the moment. I, I suppose, mate, the whole Wallabies thing is, is the same question for you, isn't it? I mean, obviously with the Eddie Jones arrival, surely you are, are buoyed by that because for some unknown reason, uh, well, a, a reason that you would probably know, Dave Rennie um, wasn't one of your greatest fans. Is, is that fair? Yeah, well, I guess it's, for me it's really exciting to have uh, Eddie Jones in. It's, I guess, a new set of eyes and I guess a new new coach technique and... Um, Yes, for me, it's only it's only a bonus because I guess yeah, with Dave, I uh, I kind of sit down the pecking order, and I guess I didn't really see myself getting out of it uh, anytime anytime quickly. So uh, yeah, it's really exciting, and it's just I guess good going into a 2023 a World Cup year. Um, there's so much to play for this year, so it gives you a little bit more extra motivation to play for the Reds uh, this year. And, Harry, I guess patience is the hard bit right now, I'd imagine. Um, after having such a good wallaby taste a few years ago and not so much recently, is it all about just throwing yourself into your Reds work? Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, yeah, exactly that. I've uh, had a good start to my wallaby career and then I've I guess, really struggled to get appearances recently, so... To me, it all comes back to, yeah, just throwing myself in the Reds and trying to perform and win as many games as I can for Reds because, realistically, that's the only way I can I get back into the team. So um, a successful Reds team will only be good for, I guess, my wallaby aspirations. So, yeah, we're, I can't wait for, uh, I guess, this weekend. Yeah, good call. Because as I told you in the crab boat, I don't want you to be the Matt Renshaw of rugby. You know, <laughs> he's been asked to try a heap of things without much time to do them. You know, he's he's learnt attack, he's learnt T20 cricket, he's learnt one-day cricket when he started out being a block artist. So uh, I, I, don't want, I don't want rugby to turn you into something like that. And, uh, you know, you've just got to be patient and know that you've got time. Yeah, no, no, exactly that, I guess. Uh, I guess with um, Eddie coming in, it kind of just makes you guess, generally go back to your basics and go back to just focusing what you're good on because... Um, obviously, I've had plenty of things I've had to work on the past few years under Dave, but now I guess it's showing what I, what I can also do really well um, for Eddie to see. So, no, exactly that. Hey, Harry, the Thor, how's it going, Tanyella? Yeah, no, so he's, I guess, he's about probably a quarter or halfway into a, quite a long journey 
good old Nella, but he's um he's going going well. He's he's ripping in. He's doing the amount of I guess off feet conditioning he's doing is uh, quite ridiculous for them to try and keep his weight down. But um, as you know, he's a very positive guy, Teniella. But um, yeah, he's still got quite quite a way to go. But I think he's hoping to try and play some club footy after the red season and get himself in a position to be available for Wallabies later in the year. It'd be a big Achilles, mate, wouldn't it? Oh. Yeah. No, that, that Achilles has plenty of weight to go through it. So I think, um, yeah, that's why he'll be doing so much off the condition, trying to get the weight down to take a bit of pressure off it. Now, and, uh, now the Reds, mate. Um, improvement areas that you need to make to, to be the team you want to be, top of Super Rugby? Yeah, so I guess for us, it's, a lot of it's been, I guess, set pieces of line out. We've, um, that's been really up and down last year, especially. We had, a, I guess, a few new hookers coming in, but now they've got a lot more experience. So hopefully we can really lift there. And then um, we've had a few, two new coaches come in, Phil Blake and McKeenan, who have been really good for us. So Phil Blake's really uh, trying to lift up our defence and we've kind of changed the way we defend here uh, this year. So we're trying to be a lot more aggressive and put teams under pressure, which uh, I hope can, uh, I guess, work quite well this year because it's, I guess, worked well in pre-season. But... This is no better test than hurricanes around one. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, we wish you the very best of luck. We we thank you for your time this morning. And uh, you're right. You can only force your way back into that test side by weight of performances. And it starts Saturday night in Townsville. That's it. Thank you very much uh, for having me. Good luck, Here's Harry. My pot heels. Cheers, man. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. All heels, it's close. The NRL season, that means KFC Supercoach is close. See, you struggled with the Supercoach in the cricket, but Corey Parker (laughs) doesn't. He's an expert at it, and he's been watching all the games. Corey, good morning to you. Morning, gents. How are you going? Very well, very well. Supercoach sounds really easy and fun, hey? Now, the big bash in cricket, we only got eight teams and it did behead in the amount of work you've got to put into it and think about <laughs> trades. And you, we were allowed yeah. 39 trades, I reckon I used six. <laughs> How do you go it's, about it? Uh, that, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a really good way of looking at footy. I mean, normally as a punter, you, you, you follow one particular team, but um, when you become a super coach player and the opportunity to win $50,000, you just play with your mates, sign up for free, it's all free. Um, you get the opportunity to be head coach, CEO, trainer, water boy, the whole lot. And uh, I think you've got about $13 million to try and pick together uh, a team, which uh, right from the start, I mean, it sounds quite easy, as you just touched on, but when you start to get down some nitty-gritty and the bank balance is a little low, there's no under-the-table deals with Supercoach. So <laughs> what, uh, what you can fit in the salary cap is what you can fit. Yeah, not that that stuff would ever go on, but... All no, right, well, no, Paddy, no. You've been watching it all with Fox. Who would be your first player picked, regardless of salary cap? Yeah, look, I think you've got to have at least you know four or five of those players that are just pick-and-stick style players. So for me, without doubt, player number one for mine is, is Nathan Cleary. Now, um, aside from the fact that Panthers have been the top team over the last couple of years, they score a mountain of points, um, second-best attacking team, last year behind the Melbourne Storm, but he's goal kicker. He has his hand in everything that they're doing. So um, the Panthers will be thereabouts, and Nathan Clure will be at the forefront of that. So he'll obviously gather a lot of points. But on the back of that, you still need some players that, um, when you talk about those sort of diamonds in the rough for those players, mm. that don't cost a lot of money, but um, certainly give you value. So players like um, Adam Elliott, for example, uh, 
moved from Canberra to the Newcastle Knights. Something he's got accolades while he's played a lot of minutes. He's not real expensive, but he gets through a lot of work. Okay. So he sort of keeps the he keeps that uh, that score. And then some of those you know, some of those real young up and coming superstars, which is everyone's trying to find, um, and what that looks like. The two hundred thousand dollar players that can accommodate having the likes of Joey Manu and Pappenhausen and and uh, you know. Uh, Cam Munster and, and Cleary and the like. So, you know, uh, the winger that we saw yesterday for the Titans, um, Cam Fiera, he'll uh, he'll start on the wing for the Titans in round one. He scored four tries yesterday. I coached um, I coached Lofie in the under 18s um, Queensland side. He's a real speedster, so it's yeah. a big year for him. So, but when he comes into the Super Coach realm, he's obviously only bargain basement price. So he's only I think he's only two hundred thousand. Uh, and then you get a couple other of those blokes. Obviously, Sony Luke, now Arpi Coruscant at the uh, at the Panthers. So Sony Luke gets an opportunity again. He's a very cheapie. So okay. uh, there's a few cheapies out there for the Dolphins. Isaiah Katoa. Um, I expect to see him play a lot of football um, in the halves, in and around Milford, and also uh, Sean O'Sullivan. So it's it's one of those. You can have the option. You can just click one button, Heels, and it will give you a team. I'm not sure you're going to be happy with the team that it gives you, but it will give you a team in the salary cap. Well, hey, Corey, how does an Adam Elliott, for example, score Supercoach points? Well, Supercoach points, are, they're based on your work involvement. So, obviously, run metres, tackles, uh, yep. your tackle efficiencies, um, you know, pass, try involvement, etc. So, someone like an Adam Elliott who runs the ball nice and hard is really sound uh, defender. He's got an offload in his game. He's got a pre-line pass. They all count. Okay. Um, they, have altered, they have altered the rules over the last few years, so there is the opportunity for players to, to get more points than what we would have seen um, from just doing a normal hit-up. On the flip side of that, if you come up with a few errors, uh, you know, say Nathan Cleary has a shocker with the boot one night, that goes against you also. So you've got you to have your, uh, do a little bit of homework about it, but most of all, have a bit of fun. Yeah, I agree with you with Katar, mate. I think Milf might be under a bit of pressure there early days at the at the Dolphins. But what what have you liked about Kevy and what you've seen from the Bronx in the first couple of trials? Yeah, it's really hard. I really difficult to, to judge from trials. Just from playing them myself, they're a necessary evil. Um, albeit that now the trials are on TV, they are deemed to be a, 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 a bigger game than what they would have been if they were just played... Uh, no disrespect, out on the back paddock somewhere. Yeah. Um, so from the Broncos' point of view, I mean that that first trial they had, uh, what was ended up a draw. They, um, yeah, they they were, they were clinical in the first half. I think it was 24-6, and then um, the Titans come back and made it 24 all. So Kelly wouldn't have been happy with that. But the performance the other night from both sides, I thought, was really really good. Um, the downside to that is now they get a week off. It means absolutely nothing going into round one because they're playing for keeps in round one and they got the Panthers, the Broncos. So um, plenty of talk about the Broncos and Kevy and he's been very vocal about what they needed to fix. And obviously that was defence, sitting fourth with six weeks to go and didn't play in the final series. So uh, that'll still be right at the forefront of their mind. So defensively is where they're going to have to be good and no better way to start against Penrith at Penrith, who are coming off a World Cup challenge loss, so they won't be happy at all. Yeah, a little bit of talk about Penrith. Corey, no no kick out, no Coruscant. Can they be the same? Can they get back? Uh, the short answer for mine, uh, Heels, is no. 
Um, they're a terrific club. Don't get me wrong. They are a fantastic club. But I think we saw the fruits of no kick out, no Liam Martin, no Harpy Coruscant, and no Edwards the other night. Yeah. Um, obviously, Liam Martin and Edwards will be back into the team. But not having Harpy Coruscant to dictate terms, particularly through that middle third, I thought was really evident. Um, just with how they were going about their business, which which then in turn unlocks Isaiah Yo, unlocks Nathan Cleary and Luai. Um, Luai at different stages, he looked lost the other night. He didn't have his his right hand man that burning kick out, just off running off his hip. So they're going to take a little bit of time, but it's really really hard. I, I think now that you know back to back premierships and three grand finals in a row, it, the, the salary cap, you know, it's designed. Uh, to make teams even, and, and now the teams are starting to pull away from you know, the players that are at Penrith Panthers. So mm. it's going to be a really difficult season for them to emulate what they did last year. Hey, Corey, we're running out of time, but I wanted to quickly get your thoughts about Titans. I reckon the the addition of Verrills and four into that spine is going to make them potent again this year. Yeah, that's a strong word, Paddy, potent. Um, <laughs> I, I, I won't go as far as to jump on board with your potent words, but... Um, <laughs> Look, I mean, they're two terrific buys. I mean, we saw straight away yesterday Kieran Foran, the influence that he's able to have with that side. He's going to be better for it. The biggest beneficiary for that, I think, will be Dave Fafita. Everyone's spoken about Dave Fafita, but Kieran Foran, you think about the edge back rollers that he's played with throughout his time. Glenn Stewart comes to mind. Um, he tells them where to go, what to do. I think he'll do that with Dave Fafita, and he'll have a much better year. So I expect the Titans to do... Better than they did last year anyway. But not quite potent yet. <laughs> not going with the potent call just yet. <laughs> yeah. That's right, a good mate. call about Fafita. He looked, he looked to enjoy himself a little bit. You yeah, know, aside, had a smile on his face, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, going forwards, yeah. yeah. All right, guys, really, really appreciate your time, mate. Corey Parker there talking KFC Supercoach, trying to explain the nuances to dummies like Eels and I. Thanks, Coach. See you, guys. Thanks, mate. Queensland is your place to race this year. Uh, the action continues this week right across the sunny state. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Uh, Sam's becoming a regular, isn't she? Yeah, well, she's with SEN, isn't she? Oh, yeah, she's got her own it's show. She's got her own show now. She, she could be talks to us over, as well when we can catch her. Well, it won't be long before she's GM. We'll be answering to her. Morning, Sam Collop. <laughs> morning, guys. Thanks for having me on the show this morning. <laughs> Have you done your work this morning? I think you were halfway through it when we tried to ring you last week. Yeah. What have you done? It was a bit of a, uh, a shambles. No, I just had a bit of track work this morning, so I'm actually having a bit of a quiet day. The week is looking uh, a little bit quieter than last week, which isn't all that bad. So we've just got to make the most of these quiet days because when it's hectic, it's pretty full on. Well, it's not too quiet tomorrow for you, is it, at Eagle Farm? Oh, no. I've no, looked I've it up. Do you, are you proud of me? Race two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, and eight. <laughs> You're running. Good. We like it. Yeah. Well, like I said, the more, the merrier, really. And what do you feel any pressure when you ride pearls and pims? You've got you've got do that I horse in uh, race five. That's owned by all women, isn't it? Oh, I didn't realise. Um, no, but I, you know, try to do a little bit of. Um, we'll try a little bit extra harder for the ladies because I think the I'm not too sure is that there's a bonus or something attached. Oh, to look at you uh, go now! Oh, I right? try harder. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's only at the Magic Millions. <laughs> oh, Don't tell what? her that, Patty. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, well, while while we're on Eagle Farm, you had a you had Kapangi uh, for the Wallace Stable at the weekend, which is a, a nice win. Uh, for the second yeah. time in a row, you've upset me because I was on warp speed. Oh, but thank oh, you. Oh, anyway. <laughs> 
you'll be pleased to know that my pretty much my instructions from um, the Waller crew were just to try and get on warp speeds back and to follow it the whole way. So it did a great job for me, and all I had to do was um, just sort of produce them late, and I got the job done, which was fantastic. Thanks, Sam. Hey, just quickly, <laughs> we're, we're talking to, Sam, uh, to Sammy Highland yesterday. Now, we know that in the middle of last year, Eagle Farm was the, was the source of derision, criticism, whatever, but there was virtually every favourite one, with the exception of the Vowels, uh, in the last on Saturday, all of a sudden it's become a favourites playground. Yeah, like, in the short time I've been here, well, I say short, but it's pushing a year and a half now, I know that they were having a lot of problems with the Eagle Farm surface, uh, with the grass that wasn't taking, and it really was a shambles, to be fair to them, um, for meant to be their premier track. But the last two or three meetings, at least, uh, the track's been absolutely fantastic. I can't fault it. Um, grass obviously has done its job. The, the stuff that they've now... I've been trying to grow to cover up the old stuff that wasn't working and it's pretty much, well, I'd have to say close to one of the best surfaces now that they've got up here in Queensland. Wow, that's great to hear. Really good to hear. Sam, I wanted to ask you, you know, in track work, are there big differences in how different trainers work their talent? Uh, Yes and no. Uh, I think most of the time the majority of trainers are are working fairly similar. Um, Some trainers are a little bit more particular on uh, the times that you run. Um, other trainers may prefer you to have a better feel for a horse as opposed to being sort of bang on having to run your sectionals per the second. Um, yeah. There's a few Kiwi trainers I'd ridden for up, you know, on the sunny coast of Paul Jenkins or the like that probably trained more how I was used to riding track before I came over here, more long, slow work, um, working over a bit further and things like that. But, yeah, I guess everyone's sort of the same. Um, but yeah, yeah, interesting. What's what? Yeah. Hey, just quickly, the obviously big interest down south as well for Queensland races. Scalapini at the weekend, which was fantastic, but of course Tony Gollan has an enormous rap on the Magic Millions winner Skirt the Law. We see Skirt the Law continue its prep for the uh, the slipper this weekend. Yeah, it's really exciting seeing the Queensland horses, even um, Party for Two that went round, and uh, I think she was went round in Melbourne. Uh, was it last month? One in the week before, week before um, yeah. getting ready for the diamond. Yeah, fantastic run from her to run second there. Obviously, Scolopini just absolutely destroyed them. Um, it's fantastic to see these trainers taking the horses down, and not often do they send them down and not come back with a with a fairly successful, um, you know, successful trip. Yeah, they've been good campaigns, haven't they? I tell you, on the jockey front, Ben Thompson's been pretty prolific lately, hasn't he? What what qualities do you feel he's displaying at the moment, Sam? Ben's always been, as far as I'm concerned, the ultimate professional. He's always walking the track. He's does he form extensively. Obviously, he's you know he's ridden in Singapore and he's mm-hmm. ridden in Melbourne and things like that. So he's a very, um, what I'd say, he's well travelled young man. Um, yeah. He always seems like he's older than me sometimes, but he's not. Got <laughs> quite a way off that. But yeah, he's a really an old soul, Ben. But he he's always ridden well. Um, like it's just, obviously, he's just having a, a good run at the moment where. He, you know, having a bit of luck, as we know, as riders, sometimes you can't be always be on the right stock. But he always rides well. He's someone I enjoy following in a race because I can guarantee that if I'm on the back of him, that you know he's sort of thinking for me as well. So yeah. he's a real asset to our industry. All right, we'll let you go. Anything, anyone we should be following tomorrow? Well, I think you've thro- you've already mentioned it, haven't you? Pims and pearls, no okay. pressure. 
Yes. <laughs> You're piling it on yourself. Yes, we'll be watching. We'll be watching. Good luck, Sam. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sam. Sam Collin joining us here at